1: Continuing to feel the pain of the Philadelphia Flyers' 2022-2023 season, Torts gets angry with the media again. Let's talk about it all right now.
0: This is the Orange and Backcheck Podcast with Bill Cornfeld and Scott Weinhard.
1: It is episode one one forty two one forty two of Orange and Backcheck. As always, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network, Raycon. Headphones and DraftKings Sportsbook use promo code THPN when signing up to get your bonus. Well, make sure you follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. I guess I mean this is this is a painful week for the Philadelphia Flyers, let alone Philadelphia. We're still recovering from the Super Bowl. Um, Scott, give me something to be hopeful for. What, if anything?
0: Bill, I got to tell you, I'm doing great. We we should all be doing great. I want you to take a step back, and I just want to see where we're at right now. It all started in October uh, with this team thinking it was going to be better than it actually is. Uh, And then the Phillies go, and then they lose the World Series on the same day the Union lose the championship in in dramatic fashion. And and then, um, let's see, then we get to uh, February, and the Eagles have a 10-point lead at halftime blow that like a curbside hooker and then (laughs) and then next thing you know uh, right and then next thing you know you know we're here today watching this hockey team get blown out two games in a row i couldn't be better i'm telling you i couldn't be better
1: yeah I, i i mean i think uh torts put it best um that we still have growing pains to go through or pain. we're gonna have painful moments in this season and um Honestly, really since su- last Sunday, a week from the time we're recording when they played Seattle at home, um, it just everything felt kind of like it took a shift towards negativity. Uh, obviously, the Eagles lost the Super Bowl that night, but the, the that afternoon, the Flyers played a very poor game against Seattle in that game, had a nice couple of days off. You thought it was going to get right. And I mean, we'll play the clip in a moment here with, with Torts in the postgame media scrum particularly with Gianna Han of the Enquirer, who I thought did a really good job trying to grill him and trying to get some questions out of him or answers out of him. Um, I mean, th- to say they played bad is putting it lightly. Like, they played really – I did – Vancouver find, like, they they played a little bit better, I think, Torres highlighted that as well. Th- this team just doesn't have the talent. That, I, I, and we've been saying that since day day one of this season, but it has really shined. Uh, these last couple of games here, the lack of talent uh, on this roster. I mean, Justin Braun was one of the scorers against Seattle a couple nights ago in Seattle. And like when Justin Braun is half your scoring for that particular night, you're not going to win. The it was
0: against games. Vancouver. It was actually against Vancouver, and it was a good went off the goalie's arm. Look, we know what this team is. And, and as much as I can sit here again, and you know me, going to talk about how many points are going to be out of a playoff spot when you get blown out two games in a row, six to two. You got problems going on right now. So, um, look, here's here's the way I look at it. I mean, right now they have fifty four points in fifty seven games played. The second wild card team right now are the Islanders with uh what's called and they're nine points ahead. So that playoff picture is getting further it's and over. further no, away.
1: It's not even further away, it's over. Like, you, you, you don't have the talent to make up that kind of deficit. And I
0: agree, and I agree. And, I, I, you know, the thing I think that bothers me the most is that this team has been playing so well defensively as a unit. But what's killing them right now, it's like, for instance, is that there's a couple, not red flags, but there's just problems that I've seen over the last couple of games here where there's lapses in coverage, where, like, for instance, against the Kraken, they let Jaden Schwartz slide right through to the slot, they missed the first pass. Nobody moved in to close their gap. And then it gets to him again, and he puts it past Santrum. And Santrum didn't play terrible against the uh, against the Kraken in the first game. Against the Kraken in the second game. You're seeing the Flyers trying to play with speed and rush it out of the zone. Maybe that was their strategy for this game. But even so, you have Sandheim out of position on one of the goals, which is bad. You also have it where JVR is trying to make rush or rush up the wall as he's getting pestered by a player turn around all four players already moving up ice and then every thing you know you have a player right in front of Carter Hart I'm sorry or Sam Erson at that point because Carter Hart got yanked again and then last night against Vancouver you just see a team where they just first of all bad luck on the power play they had and then like you know Carter Hart thinks he's got the puck covered nobody else can pick up the puck it's a you know it's a loose play that just winds up in the net but at the same time too The high low plays are killing them because they're 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 letting players screen Carter Hart, getting deflections and tips in front. And that's the thing. I think three of the goals were deflected last night. And then the one ridiculous backhand by Elias Pettersson while they're on the power play. And they gave up two shorthanded goals in the last two games. So there's just it's a mess right now. It's not fun to watch. It's not fun when you get blown out. But even so, like Carter Hart gave about four goals on nineteen shots last night. Like that's not that's uncharacteristic, and it's you know when you're not giving up those chances, but they're cashing in on them. I that that's that's where the problem comes in talent wise. You're saying that they still had less shots on goal than that than the Flyers did, and they had more shots on goal. Than the Flyers at nineteen at that point. It, it was already four two. The 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 problem is here is what we talked about all season long. It's that it's that offense that just is not there anymore. And it's not they're gonna be there for a while.
1: Yeah, and I and honestly, like they played a really good game before I don't think we even touched on it the Edmonton game against Conor McDavid, where they had a nice, a really solid win, which you thought they were gonna build off of. And then it kind of just for a lack of a better phrase, fell off the the wheels fell off. Like at this point, they're trying to get the wheels back onto this team. Um they've lost now four straight, one overtime loss or shootout loss, whatever it was. I don't even remember anymore um what that was. But like Torts is clearly scrambling. He he completely jumbled the lines. I mean, Nick Delorier, I think, was the top of the playing an enforcer role at the top line last night. Um, At least he was in practice. I don't know what the, I don't remember what the exact uh, game timelines were at that point, but like he's scrambling to find something to get anything out of this roster. Um, He continues to praise Scott Lawton. That's one of the reasons, and he continued to will. I can only imagine what that, what that mindset does for Scott Lawton himself. Cause I think he enjoys the the responsibility. Cause I think he um, is to like is humbled by being trusted by a guy like Tortorella, who I don't think it's easy to get his trust, especially as a player, unless you play to what he's looking for. Um, so yeah, I, I I'm curious, like what torts will continue to do because You're talking about four goals in the last two games and you've given up 12. So (laughs) two of those were empty netters, but still.
0: And since January, they're third lowest in the league with scoring right now, they're only scoring like two something, two point something goals a game. And, you know, people don't realize that, you know, yes, they've lost four in a row, but they've also lost eight out of their last 10. Now they've gotten points in some of those games, but they've lost eight out of their last 10 games. And, And this is what Twitter is talking about. And I don't think people realize the bigger picture. It's because they've had the all-star break this time out. But eight out of their last chain games, they have not been playing very well. You know, they lost. It started against Winnipeg where they lost five to three. And they lose um, against L.A. in uh, what's it called um, in overtime. And then they lose to Minnesota in overtime. Then they beat Winnipeg four nothing, which okay, looks like we're going into a break here, with a little bit of thing. Then they come back and lose the Islanders two to one, and the ship hasn't been you know hasn't been right since. The only win they've gotten was that overtime. I'm sorry, the shootout win against the Oils, which is a miracle in itself. And then they lose against the uh, Predators a couple seconds in when they play a real strong game there. Yeah, you've lost three straight, and they haven't even been close the last two games.
1: Yeah, it hasn't been close. And 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 it's starting to get to torts. We had another one of those classic, and I know we have the clips. So I'll defer to you to hit play on it, but good for Gianna Hahn to tee this up. I mean, she really tried to get something out of him. Um, I think it deferred back to classic dickbag Tortorella, just trying to be a, a sar Like, I think he tries to be funny with the media but because of the state of the team it doesn't translate well and that's what rubs me the wrong way but let's let's take a listen here here's towards right after the seattle kraken 6-2 loss with uh gianna Hahn getting uh, some questions in I feel this one compared
0: to your last performance against the kraken you have the answer to that
1: last game you mentioned Can you go on? Yeah, um- you mentioned exhaustion, structure, some of the reasons that You guys, you, you don't need me for the stories tonight, you know?
0: Well, Pretty I guess, got your don't you? no, not really, because we don't know, I guess, what you were saying in the room, what the plan was. Well, I'm not gonna, it doesn't do me any good to tell you
1: what's going on in the room right now. Why wouldn't it do us any good? because that's stuff that we have to figure out in the room belongs in the room so you're gonna have to kind of go with yourself here as
0: far as what you want it's pretty self-explanatory what you saw out there so you really don't need my comments
1: so i guess what would you tell the fans
0: i'm not too concerned about the fans right now i'm concerned about the hockey team and let's let's add there's one more piece to that too where he says like Right now he's trying to focus on this team because they haven't played well. He he goes, he told Gianna he goes and it said, quote, Gianna, you know, I don't need to sit here and 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 tell you exactly, you know, what team went what happened after this kind of loss. We need to move past it and and move on. This isn't Torch trying to be funny. This is Torch trying to be like, okay, two things. First of all, he's not happy about getting blown out six two. He's not happy of the fact that they lost eight out of their last ten. Okay, he's not happy. We're not we're not focusing on the bigger picture here. But he's also looking at it at the same time. I've got to get past this. I'm not going to sit here and dwell on it. We lost. It sucks. We move on. I'm not going to sit here and dwell on a 6-2 loss and what we did wrong because we need to forget about this one and just move forward. That. And I give them credit because that's the first game they were really blown out in, in all these losses they had. They were in. I said, you know, in all the other games, or I you agree, know.
1: yeah, they've been in all of these games. Like they are a competitive team; they're tough to play against, which is what like tried to draw our um attention to the team outside of us obviously because we're following we're we're I I'm, I, I was <laughs> I did something this morning and I was actually going to use this comparison the Flyers have become like flossing your teeth for us you and I Scott like we, we're supposed to we need to do it for the sake of our coverage of the team as this podcast but we don't want to do it you don't fl- you don't want to floss your teeth every day but you have to because you're advised to do it Well, we have to watch the Flyers every day, but I don't want to. Like, I'm tired of watching this crappy team, especially these last really four games, honestly, before the the All-Star. But uh, so um, hearing that again, hearing what Tort said again, it's not as dickish as I thought it was. I think it's but. He has to and maybe he's giving his answers in this way and the media just has to get used to that and I'm not used to that, but. I don't know. It just rubs me the wrong way. He acts like this only during. I mean, it makes sense that it's only during bad losses or losses in general, but to not give the media anything other than when things are going well, just kind of rubs me the wrong way. Perfect. Um, from because because he does understand the media, he does understand that the media has a job to do, and he's kind of telling them to say Hey, do it on your own tonight. Like, the, here's the quotes I'll give you. Figure it out yourself of why you thought we played bad. Like, I'm not going to guide you in any way. I respect it in one aspect. And then in, in another, I'm kind of like, at least give us something. Like, we know you're pissed, but why are you pissed? Like, you, don't have, you can say it from a 35,000-foot view without throwing a single player or players under the bus and fracturing a locker room. I don't think you're going to fracture a locker room, but that's towards his style and we have to get used to it really at the, like by the end of it, I just have to get used to it. This is how he is.
0: I don't think you're going to, I don't think it's about fracturing a locker room. I think it's protecting his players. I mean, think about it this way, Bill, you know, if you're, he's already pissed off. He's already in the motion of the game. Things have not gone right. He's already pissed off as it is. He can sit there and say what he wants, about every player and every mistake that they they, did tonight, but he's just going to swallow it and be like, you know what, I'm, I, you know, i I'm, I'm not going to sit here and talk about it and discuss with it. You guys watch the game, you figure it out, you know. Just he's not going to sit there and he's not going to be goaded into, you know, throwing his players under the bus. He's not going to do that. That's not his style. Like he's going to protect his players. And you know, if you look at it from a fifty thousand foot view, this is what he's doing. Like I'm not going to get into it. He's putting the intention on him to deflect attention away from how bad the loss really was. That's what he's doing. And I and I respect that because what you're doing is that you're not going to single out your players. You're going to handle it in-house and you're going to go from there and try to build a team from there. You know, he's gotta, he says he's got to figure out which players want to be here. That's his little nugget saying, like, this is not going to be tolerated. You keep playing this way, you're not going to be here. That's his little nugget to put everybody, you know, Little pep in their step, it didn't really work. But I mean, again, against you're
1: looking at two back to back six to two losses. Now they're in different contexts because yeah, the Vancouver the last one,
0: two, right? The, the Vancouver, Vancouver one was close.
1: two two empty net goals. They were a little bit closer. You had some decent scoring. I know Konechny had a goal, I believe, or Lawton had a goal. Um, and Braun, Braun just, yeah, Braun, yeah, Braun. scored, yeah. So, but like this, it it's just. For a team that, as he has said, that is trying to build not even the foundation but the footers for the foundation to build something here and build it right um look, I'm not ringing the bell that like you're you have to get rid of torts because it's not buying in, but like it's not looking good right now like all of a sudden the the culture of of who wants to play here and all that doesn't look great right now, and obviously, there's a couple of games left here you got th- about thirty games, a little less than thirty games to get something back into competitive light, because you're not making the playoffs, but you can at least make it competitive.
0: Yeah, you're playing some good teams, too. You're playing some good teams down the stretch, which is going to be a good test for this club. Like, it'll be a good test to see where the guys who have already played for the most part of the season at. Like, it's going to be interesting to watch how Owen Tipper performs. He's been a nice surprise this season. I think that their raw talent's always been there, but he's been playing well. Morgan Frost has really come around. i, I really start to like the way Morgan Frost is playing. Travis Koneck, has been a, a really, you know, a pleasant surprise of how well he's playing this year. Um, Kevin Hayes has leveled off a bit. Defensively, I think Sanheim has taken a step back. Pro Rob, you don't see too many things from him. D'Angelo, I think, has been a nice addition. D'Angelo is really one of the not a problem, but it just he's a the guy. way he plays the game. And yeah, he no, it's the way he, it's not that he's a guy. I think he does add a lot offensively, but defensively he does make some mistakes that lead to turnovers the other way. So, you know, but that's that's his game. Um and it's different than like Ghost because he's much more efficient offensively than Ghost was. Ghost is more prone to the turnover. Um, look, I, I I think that this team has taken steps in the right direction. They 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 really, really have. And and like Tortorella said, you're gonna have your ebbs and flows. But right now, they're they're on the downward part of the roller coaster, on their way down. And you can only go up from here because you, you got to think of two 6-2 two losses that, that that's rock bottom for them. It, 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 as crazy as it sounds, like even though they had a 10-game losing streak, they lost eight out of their last 10. So it's close. It's yeah, close. but
1: uh, you're all as you just said, we're also talking about you've already experienced a 10-game losing streak. Now you're experiencing eight out of 10. You're on a four-game losing streak. Or pointless? Stre- no, yeah, whatever the whatever the stupid phrase is, winless streak. Because the NHL likes to differentiate to make it not sound as bad, even though Which they have dumb. Yeah, it's dumb. It's losses. Yeah. Like, give three
0: points to a win, please.
1: Yeah, that, that's an off-season discussion. It is. The, the <laughs> three-point system that has to be enacted here: one through eight, as we talked about last week, and three-point system. Make it get it done, NHL. But hey, did you know? Before we get into the trade line d- discussion, that there was an outdoor game last night. There was a Stadium Series game last night did you know uh, where it, w- did you know yeah, there it was, was carolina
0: one? and washington yeah yeah. 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 i had I, no idea
1: it. that it was out there i, yeah, I, I knew about it i, I knew I more about it than the
0: winter classic
1: <laughs> yeah i d- i had no idea it actually because carolina's fan base is incredible um i i would i wish i was like oh shit i would have liked to watch that because that that that's a really cool stadium and to to watch it had no idea that it was down there and
0: that's my question. So why are you playing other NHL games if that's the thing? Like, why? Why? It's why so are they scheduling the Flyers in Vancouver at 10 o'clock wh- when you have like a, Oh, maybe it'll be over and you'll watch it then. Like, no, like that should be your feature. That should be all day like the Winter Classic used to be. When the Winter Classic used to be on, it used to be the game of the day and everybody watched it. When you have an outdoor game and you're putting that much money there. you can't go locally. If you're going nationally, you got to have that as your feature frigging game for the entire NHL for that day.
1: No, and they used to do it, and I, and I know that that was the case because the the only NHL game on February or uh, January second was the Winter Classic with um what was it Boston again and who Pittsburgh like it's always the same seven teams or really. yeah
0: yeah it was Boston and Pittsburgh
1: yeah it, 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 so like it, it doesn't make sense and then they shoot themselves in the foot they've done they've oversaturated the the, the outdoor game which honestly I don't blame them for oversaturating it because like once you see success in one that's what you want to continue doing but then they do it wrong but um I literally had no idea that there was a Carolina or an outdoor game last night in Carolina would have been nice to watch cuz Carolinas <laughs> a good good fan base but I digress um trade deadline before we get into the new um owner of the Flyers or the new CEO I should say um trade deadline we've we've touched on it especially now that they've lost uh, four straight terrible losses over the last two um, with Seattle and Vancouver. It, it just fuels that fire of putting a one, a lot of pressure on Fletcher to get it right about the sell. The second part is your sell, sell, sell mode. Like you, oh, you have to be, you have your to be nine point. points out. I, I know we talked last week, like you, the light at the end of the tunnel with, with torts writing letters to the season ticket holders about where this team stands. But Realistically, looking over this, the only person of value is JVR. You can try and risk it with people with a player like Hayes, who you just alluded to as leveled off, Konechny, who's having a career season for the Flyers. Like, do you want to take that risk and get rid of him? I think the really the only valuable person that you might, might, might get a second round pick out of is JVR. And I know he's drawn some interest, according to reports, with. I think it was Dallas, Minnesota, Winnipeg, and Vegas, according to Elliot Friedman. But like, that's really it. I, I don't see anybody else that you can sell. I mean, Justin Braun will be traded, but you'll get a seventh round pick out of him, hey, like, and you're they'll not
0: be gonna... sign him in the offseason anyway.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, he was traded last year, and then he yeah. signed back, and now he's going to be traded again. Yeah, so, probably. Like, yeah. It, yeah. I, I I think I'm expecting a very um, lackluster. Trade deadline, which is coming up on March third, here for the Flyers in the NHL.
0: Well, listen, I mean, JVR has been historically he's he's, he's practically a twenty goal scorer the past couple seasons. He's got nine goals, thirteen points, and 20, uh, 22 points in uh, in thirty-seven games. It, that for because he was bagged up for a while there. That's not that's not terrible. It's not great. It's not terrible. But somebody's going to pay a premium for that come the deadline. I mean, think about the le- trades have already happened throughout the league uh, this season. Like you know we I know we weren't on, but Tarasenko getting traded to the Rangers. And on late Friday night, the, the Toronto Maple Leafs acquiring Ryan O'Reilly. You have you have that trade going down as well, which is which is a side note. I want to throw it out there. God, Toronto is dumb. They really are dumb. <laughs> there again, they throw away another high draft pick for a for a a, a a guy on the last year of his contract. Boy, I tell you what, Kyle Dubas is on the last year of his contract, and they better not retain him because I tell you what, I know Toronto's in win now mode, and I'm not, not trying to digress here. I know they're in win now mode, but you all. The longest contract they have is eight years on the on their defenseman. Um, uh, shit, and this name just flew out of my head. I don't know why. I just thought of that. Um, but uh, uh, Morgan Riley. Uh, but they also have like Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, all these guys. They're all only, only like three years. They only have three years off on their deals. So like, come three years from now, when those guys are UFAs, I mean, you have forty, you have like fifty million tied up between four players, um, on your cap they're going to be problem that their Toronto's going to go down. If they don't win, they're going to be bad where the flyers at really, really quickly. And it's because of mismanagement really quickly.
1: And after the ad break here, there's a big issue coming down the pike potentially for the NHL in terms of ad revenue with hockey, uh, with regional broadcasting, specifically Bailey sports, Bally sports, Bailey sports, whatever it used to be Fox sports regional. That's basically about to declare bankruptcy and screw, not just the NHL, like multiple professional leagues. So, Toronto, Toronto, and the NHL could be in a load of shit here with with those kind of contracts that are, without a
0: doubt. But going back to JVR and the trade deadline, look, you have more that you could trade with. I mean, think about it. If those deals are starting to come down right now, think about it. You, someone traded for Ryan O'Reilly. Someone traded for Vladimir Tarasenko. You know, the Blues are strange strip down mode, um, which is which is a little bit surprising. I think in the uh, in the in the West, they're not terribly. Uh, bad. They're 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 eight they're eight points out also, but I think they also they're they're trying to rebuild a little bit here.
1: They they're doing what they thought the the 2017 Eagles like that's a comparison I w- I would think like they thought they won the cup with this core of players they thought they could milk it for another three or four two or three years realizing it's not working and now they're they have to start unloading assets like Tarasenko and and the like. So yeah, I feel bad for the Blues because I I thought that cup run was amazing it was great to see. Um, just kind of unfortunate because they did exactly what we saw here in Philadelphia with just trying to hold on to that talent because you brought them a cup. So, um, yeah, it's kind of blowing up in their face, and I don't blame them for unloading them finally.
0: No, 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 no. Like, you trade him, trade them out, and you sometimes you got to rebuild with that, and you've got a plethora of picks now to do that with. And you know the Flyers have to look at it the same way. I mean, look at you know the people who are in the um, in the in the camp of tanking. Are actually gonna be pretty happy right now because look, the the Flyers are in eighth in the in the almost dead last in the conference.
1: Because of these yeah. losses.
0: Right. And here's the thing, here's the other issue too. You have game, you have TF Buffalo, Detroit, and Ottawa who are head ahead of them standings, but they're also they have games in hand. So I mean that's that's another key thing to look at as well, is that you know, they're closer to bottom now than they are to the top. So you wanna be in sell mode, of course. But there's also guys in this team that, you know, if the right price is right, then you you make that move now. I mean, look, if someone calls you up and wants Ivan Provorov and is thrown you a decent amount of picks to do it right now at the deadline, you take that deal. Like, you, you get those picks to try to get him in this year because you're at a point now where, look, I get – People think I'm nuts for saying this. I understand this. They really think this team is not that far off. They need pieces. They need talent. They need, need, you know, a Conor Medard would help them immensely because I think I've seen enough from the season, and it's 82 games and every team goes through ebbs and flows. I've seen enough of this team being hard to play against enough to know that if you inject some talent in there, some really high-end talent that could really make a difference in this team, because think about it. Look how well Owen Tippett has played. Owen Tippett's got 30 points in 52 games. He's got 15 goals and 15 assists. I mean, his plus-minus is minus 13, but the team sucks. Look, I'll take that from him because you have to think when you have a good center player with him that that's going to improve because he's already shown that he can score. You know, Travis Konechny, you know, he's got 52 points in 51 games. He's a point-per-game player on a team with devoid of talent. You put him with somebody, and that's going to be – and you just need skill. You just see someone with skill, whether it's Cutter Gauthier or it's someone in the draft that you know might be inch ready this year. If you don't get Connor Bedard, these are important things to look at. Again, this team is just needs injection of talent. So if you're able to maybe even flip Kevin Hayes this offseason season to free up cap space, which we'll get into, which may not happen, and even so. Even if you have to trade Konechny and still get someone who's, a, uh, you know, you're giving up 52 points, you got to figure out how to replace that. But if it gives you high picks or high talent or something like that, then it's something for you to work with. But overall, overall, when you look at the team as a whole, how much they've been competitive this season and only single digits out of a playoff spot for the most part this season, after getting off and losing off 10 games in a row earlier this year and still being a tough team to play against, They can't beat the top-end teams, but they can play with them. That tells me that you're not that far off. So sell a player or two, get as much capital as you can. If not now, then do it in the offseason and make a plan so you can kind of find a way to get some underrated talent in here. Maybe you can run into a situation with the Rangers with Adam Fox and really strike gold and something like that. You've done it in the past. They trade, sell JVR for whatever you can get, Maybe you get a second, maybe you get a third, maybe you get a young player. That would be a great deal for this team.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, um, I mean, I will say now that Owen Tippett is kind of coming into form, like that trade looks really good on paper now. Uh, The Drew trade with Fletcher, maybe he knows a little bit more, but I, I'm just, I, I'm not holding my breath for anything overwhelming in terms of the sell. I think it's just going to be the basic players. It's not going to be like a full-blown, uh, fire sale. Because if it was a full blown fire sale, you put connecting on the market for a ridiculous price, but see if someone will bite and just kind of go from there. But most we'll of those
0: conversations have already been had. I bet you some of those con- people listen, phone calls have been made at this point saying, what's the price? Even if just asking that. It's like when you're look, when you're shopping for a car. You're shopping for a car and say, what's the lowest price you'll go on this? And then they tell you right off the bat it's MSRP. And you're like, okay, go F yourself. And then you hang up the phone. Pretty soon it'll be like a week later they get a little desperate near the end of the month and be like uh, you know, we'll give you a couple grand off and, you know, we have some incentives here. You know, those types of things will happen. too. it's the same thing. It's any kind of negotiation.
1: Yeah. Well, the Flyers are going to name, have named a new CEO that's going to work under Dave Scott, what it means for this team, and then obviously the regional broadcasting uh hiccup shakeup that's happening how that's going to impact the flyers or the nhl as i should say talk about that in a moment but first this episode as always is brought to you by raycon headphones i have found that the smallest changes to your routine can make the biggest impact just like the you don't have to break the bank to make big deal purchases even the smallest things can be a part of a big change if it's something you use every day just like raycon headphones Raycon is a premium audio at the perfect price point so you can build great habits without breaking the bank. Whether you're looking for a pair of everyday headphones like I am, listening to podcasts all day, audiobooks, all that good stuff, low latency gaming headphones if you're a gamer, or a speaker with a battery that will last all night at your next party, Raycon's got you covered and yup. Raycon started half the price of other premium audio brands, no breaking the bank here. So you don't have to choose between products. You can get one of each or a pair and a spare and still pay less than you would with some of the other guys. Even if you know you'll love your Raycons as much as I do, Raycon wants to make sure you feel great about your purchase. They offer buy now, pay later options. You can if, if you don't have the if you don't have the right away money, you can break that up into payments uh, over the course of a couple of months. Easy as that. Raycon will work with you. Every purchase has an easy and free return guarantee. If for whatever reason, I don't think you will, but if for whatever reason you're not a fan of the Raycon, they'll give you a simple and hassle-free return. But I don't think you're going to need it because Raycon is the best. Three customizable soundproof profiles, earbud tap functions, noise isolation, awareness mode, custom gel tips for the perfect most comfortable in-ear fit, crystal clear call quality and they're water and resistant, at uh, water and sweat resistant I should say. Raycon's got you covered. Ready to buy something small with a big impact? Go to buyraycon.com slash THPN today to get 15% off your order. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score 15% off buyraycon.com slash THPN. This episode is also brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Yep, The all-star break is underway in the NBA, but that doesn't mean you can't bet on the action with the official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in free bets instantly. No hassle at all. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook app today opt in and place the same game parlay on any nba game and if it doesn't hit you'll get your free bet back you can bet tonight if you're listening on sunday you can bet on the all-star game east versus west, or no it's not east versus west they do the pickup style now uh just like we used to do as kids uh or as they return from the nba Sixers are hot i mean one of the better teams in the nba Look into them uh, for same game with the over on Embiid and the points, all that good stuff. Download the app now and sign up with the promo code THPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with promo code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void in Ohio. You can see all of the show notes for restrictions for details. Scott, the CEO is changing here in Philadelphia. We have a new one. Um, Dave Scott announced that CEO Dan Hilferty, lifelong Philadelphia guy, he's from this area. He was actually integral in bringing the World Cup here for 2026, the FIFA World Cup. I, I don't look too much into this other than they're trying to relate more to the fans um by bringing a guy that actually knows the flyers if he truly has been watching the team since he uh was a kid and all that good stuff so he's motivated to get the team back to a competitive standard but i, I like show me before i buy in really like show me before show me what you got before i i can really buy in is how i'm Looking at any any type of move at the front office type of deal, and he's going to be work. It's not an official like he's taking the spot of Dave Scott, but that's kind of the rumor. And he's working directly with her, him and Valerie Camilla, the usual trio, um, on just the business end of this thing. So I, I I I don't look much into it other than cool.
0: Yeah, I, I think this is bigger picture. For, you know, and, and Anthony Sanfilippo had talked about this. This isn't from me. I want to make that abundantly clear. So this is this is what I've heard from him. Um, Basically, long story. Well, he was the CEO of Independence Blue Cross Blue Shield.
1: Yeah. Another the other, thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. The other part of it, it has more to do with the Sixers than it does with the Flyers. So Dave Scott's still going to be the chairman. But this has to do with the whole argument about putting a stadium in Chinatown versus, you know, the. Um, the the keeping it keeping the the Sixers the, as a tenant in the Wells Fargo Center, this is what it's more aligned to because Comcast Spectacore's business is it's actually pretty ro- robust, um, you know. So it's they they do a lot more than just the the teams. But I think Valerie Camille, from what I understand and what he, if I understand him said him correctly, it was he's got, she's going to be you know more of the Comcast Spectacore sporting side, you know, and with the Flyers and stuff like that. Rather than this, this is more business of trying to make sure that they can keep a tenant in the building because. When the lease comes up, I think it's what twenty twenty six. They can start to opt out of their deal or something yeah. along those lines. The
1: the, the seventy six place or whatever they're calling it in Mark the Market East slash China. It's it's uh, there's confusion on. It. It, it looks like it's on the border of Chinatown. It's not exactly in Chinatown. The new stadium. It's more Market East, like where the gallery is. But I digress on that political notion of what because I know well, well
0: one. half half of the court is going to be in Chinatown. The other half is going to be on in, you know on the Market East side. I kidding, think that's planned
1: way. to Don't be idea. opened in twenty. Thirty or twenty thirty one. So like, it sucks because you're not going to see Joel Embiid play there. Like he's going to be done. His career is going to be done. Um, and honestly, my, my conspiracy notion uh that I have is like they're never going to build that stadium
0: there. No, 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 absolutely not. Absolutely they're going. Not. To,
1: they're going to go to Camden.
0: You know, and one of, I'm probably and I, one they of they already uni- have
1: that practice facility there. And I know we're not a basketball podcast. I want to stay on topic here, but like, there's no way they're going to Camden. They're 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 going to end up in Camden. I have no doubt about it.
0: Welcome to episode one of Double Dribble with Bill and yeah, Scott. <laughs> it's going to be it's going to be it's going to be Bill talking the whole time because I absolutely know nothing about basketball. And <laughs> I am not afraid to be to admit that I am the biggest Sixers bandwagon jumper there is. You know, I, I can't even tell you. Yeah, you, know, yeah, you got to
1: fill your summer months of from April to June with something because we sure as shit not going to be watching the Flyers. Well, in it'll be
0: <laughs> April to May by the time the Sixers lose in the second round because, you know, Doc Rivers can't get past that. So anyway, that's the only I know about Stoddy. basketball. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, all right, I'll call a foul on that one. And we're going to pivot back to hockey. All right. Um, so. Look, I, I, when it when it comes, I don't think they're going to build that stadium either. I I think that, that that had this move has a lot to do with making sure that that team stays in that building because you have to think about you know the business side of Comcast Spectacore owning a team and owning the arena. You know, if they if they don't have a tenant there, there's a lot of nights that open up. It's business problem for them. That sort of thing. So I think it's imperative for the Flyers to get good now to start keeping asses in those seats. And then you know really maximize because listen to like I give him I give him credit for doing this in the business end because think about it they just put all those renovations in the in the uh, into the arena and it does look really nice like yeah you got to revolutionary yeah. row you go up and you uh, you the, the, the first level concourse looks great the second level concourse looks great you know it's a nice place to hang out they have really good food options now it's wide open it's really cool um it's a place to hang out like it really is they did they, they did it they did it right I give him credit for that. Um, but so I think that that, that this is more to do with it. I don't know what's going to change with the Flyers and stuff, but hopefully it pushes them to be better. Let's put it that way.
1: They're going to lose the Sixers. Like I I get what they're trying to do. The Sixer billionaires do not want to pay other billionaires to rent their stadium. They w- that's why um uh and uh, whoever the owner is Josh Josh, Josh Harris. Harris. Thank he's you. He's looking at, at
0: the, he's looking at the Commanders too. He's looking yeah, at oh, the Commanders. I don't know.
1: Allegedly, but like billionaires don't want to pay other billionaires to use their stadiums. That's why this is all being fueled. If the Comcast Spectacor wanted to really fix this thing, you announce that you're demolishing Wells Fargo Center six years ago and build a new one. But you don't do these renovations. You just say we're building a new stadium, whether that's in South Philly at the stadium complex or in Market East, wherever you should have built a new stadium years ago. Like, honestly, like I get you just opened up the Wells Fargo Center what? 96 95 yeah, something ni- like that the,
0: the start of the 1996 flyer season yep 9697 the first year and then that building they went to the final
1: in perspective it's not that old but like it's also not that great of a stadium I don't think despite these renovations like it, it's bumped it up a little bit but compared to the standard it's almost like the vet the vet was built in the 70s and it was still during the era of like building these grand Coliseums and then five years after they built the or like five or 10 years after they built the vet with the Coliseum style stadium, they were like, oh, that's out. We want the open air kind of open view uh, thing that you now have at Citizens Bank Park. So like they were behind the times then and you're behind the times now with the Wells Fargo Center. And that's why you should have built a stadium probably or at least announced a new stadium six years ago, five years ago. Um and just gone from there you might have had a chance of keeping wells for i mean joel Embiid himself said just knock it down and build a new one a couple of years ago so i i i the comcast Spectacor missed the spot and now with the hiring of of uh hilferty you're just kind of scrambling but there's no way like sorry
0: but here's the thing that's unique about philadelphia is that all the sporting locations are in one area you have the link. You have the but you have you have the the ballpark. You have the you know the Wells Fargo Center. You know they, you have a nice spot there where you have plenty of room, plenty of parking, plenty of room for tailgating. You have it outside of the city. You know I, I know that they don't think about these types of things because they're billionaires and they only care about the bottom line. But you know the fact that it's so unique to Philadelphia, that you're not clogging up traffic in the middle of the city. That people can come into the edge of the the, the south part of the city and go to all the stadiums. It makes it a better environment, if you ask me. I, I don't. I don't think that moving a thing in in the city, you're you're missing out half the thing. It's the, you're you're looking at it from a perspective of a transient town, like like a DC where you can walk into where the MCI Center, the Horizon Center, whatever the hell it's called now, Capital One Arena, whatever it is. They, they change the names every week on these things. But like they, you have all those and. People just walk in and walk out. You don't see people hanging out. You don't see people, you know, car at their cars. You just see people walk into the stadium and walk out of the stadium. And I don't think that that's the culture of Philadelphia. I, I really don't think. Oh, at all. I disagree. So,
1: no, I, I think it is. I think, I think, um, I think the notion that everyone just hangs out after the state after the after the game is is a farce. Like everyone's talk, talking about
0: before the game. I'm talking oh yeah, about before yeah,
1: the- yeah, even then, like uh, Eagles. Eagles get the tailgate dollars or whatever you want to call it. Like that, the Eagles tailgating is is a is part of it. But I don't. I I've have I can't say that I've ever done a consistent tailgate for any of the three other. You never games. done it for
0: the Phillies. You never done a consistent no. tailgate for the Phillies. I,
1: well, maybe once or twice, but like it's more of a walk in walk out and go home
0: well like, it depends on what days the games are on but i said like the seven o'clock games at night on a weekday in the summertime yeah you're not getting too many tailgaters for that but your weekend games 100 you're 100 percent all i guess playoffs every time. too like, yeah yeah you you, you you do get that and even in the flyers i've seen the flyers especially around the playoff games you definitely get a lot of tailgating there and i think that goes into the culture of philadelphia people the people get you know really into it and stuff like that when the teams are good and i, I listen there's been times I've gone to like a, a one o'clock game and there's people there at 11 o'clock in the morning hitting baseballs out in the parking lot, throwing footballs around. And this is this is during Philly season. People are just, you know, cooking up some burgers and hanging out and drinking some beers and doing of stuff before they walk in. And you, you see it at the Jetro a lot all the time, too. So I, I don't think it's far fetched that people that that that's a huge part of the culture of what people do that. And you lose that element down there because then you just you're going to the game and then you're leaving. You're not getting the full experience. Part of the full experience in Philadelphia is tailgating. And that's absolutely is uh,
1: the final thing I had for today uh, was just what the, the salary cap issue once again is rearing its head potentially for the NHL and really the entire. Uh, well, MLB doesn't have a salary cap, but the NBA, um, there is an issue coming about or already happening with regional broadcast networks uh, in really the Midwest. It seems like it's impacting the most. I know Pittsburgh is involved there. So one Pennsylvania team, not the Flyers, obviously, because they're Comcast. Um, or Xfinity, whatever it's called now. Bailey Sports is apparently on the verge of bankruptcy, and this could cost the NHL millions. And because if they don't have anything about it, uh, if they can't get money on hockey-related revenue, then the salary cap doesn't go up, potentially goes down. So this could be a huge issue Um real quick backstory before I let you go like they owe 140 million dollars to their debt collectors this diamond sports group or whatever that's owned a subsidiary of Sinclair Broadcasting yeah, Network yeah I was going to say that and like this is this is bad this is real bad if they can't pay this and it seems like they can't they're on a third 30-day grace period or whatever it's called um a lot of grace periods I've been told about for other companies that i used to work for but I, I'll digress on that um this is this is not good. This is really, really bad.
0: No, I don't think it's bad at all. Because, first of all, it couldn't happen to a better company than Sinclair. You want to talk about the cream of crap of broadcasting? It's Sinclair. Okay. Sinclair Broadcasting. <laughs> all right. Um, if, they're, if if scumbag had a worse term, I'd use it to describe Sinclair. They're just that bad of a, of a company. They've, they're, okay. Let's, um let's, let's, let's I'm going to, I'm not, this is not political. I, don't know, I hate how we have to, have to exclaim that nowadays, but there's a lot of people, I'm sure, who listen to this and watch Fox News or whatnot. Okay. You know, Fox News got really big. Fox News got really big because it put itself into the smaller markets and, and 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 those and those cable companies and stuff like that as a as a national news source. That's how Fox integrated itself into the um uh, the 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 fibers of rural America. Sinclair is a big part of that because Sinclair uh, owns a lot of local TV affiliates for like NBC, ABC, CBS, all those. Sinclair Broadcasting runs a lot of those in those smaller markets. So when you talk about like Wilkes-Barre Scranton, or you're talking about um you know smaller guy, things like Binghamton, New York, or you know um you know you're talking about a a small city in in Ohio, um all those one that Sinclair has you know taken its tentacles and ran it all into those you know the those affiliates in those lower markets. Um, so the fact that this is and and you know it's there's there's political your political and, and, and commentary behind it. And, you know, a reasons for my opinions, which I won't get into today. Um, but I, 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 I don't, I don't feel bad for Sinclair at all because, you know, it, it, the fact that they're having to restructure and it's going to do that. Yeah. It sucks that, you know, a lot of the, the, they won't be able to stream the games for some of the fans, but here's the thing. The NHL is prepared to stream games. If needed, the NBA is prepared to stream games if needed. And also the MLB is talking about just pulling the rights back and just doing it all on their own anyway, which is a great thing. And because really we're at the point where people are cutting the cord, they're not watching cable anymore. So these RSNs are going to start having financial problems if you start pulling subscribers away from that. So like it was smart for like NBC Sports Philadelphia for years the only option that people had to watch in Philadelphia, watch like a, a, an NBC Sports in the game was uh, NBC Sports Philadelphia game was if you had Comcast. Okay. If you had DirecTV, which most people have in Philadelphia, you couldn't watch it because they wouldn't want to give the rights. They want people to go to Comcast. It's terrible, terrible, terrible. That's just a scumbag move. That's just ripping people off and forcing you to go. To that That's a monopoly on it. Sorry. I don't care if they own it or not at the time. It's a monopoly. Okay. Now. They did a smart thing because if people convert and hey, you got to get internet through us, but you know what? We'll give you a little break. If you get YouTube TV, we'll provide it through them. Respect that, okay? Respect the fact that the, the NBC Sports has NBC Sports Philadelphia has released the rights to the the car- to those local carriers respect that because that's where it's going it's going in the sense of cord cutting it's going in the sense of you're watching on an apple tv box not a comcast cable box you know what i mean you're that's where you're watching it
1: i'm watching every game on on youtube tv or nbc sports the now app or whatever they whatever they call it like and that leads to what i know you wanted to like the idea of blackouts don't make sense anymore in 2023 you can still make ad revenue. You can still make all this stuff. I get what you're trying to do, direct, uh, similar to what you were just saying, direct people to a specific way of watching. But like in 2023, when everything is digital and everything is on online, just end the blackouts, specifically in the NHL and the MLB, and just move along here. You can still make your ad revenue dollars. You're actually opening it up to more, potentially, if you do it right, but... I don't expect that to happen because they don't know what they're doing.
0: Well, uh, and Here's the thing. I like, think about it this way. How, many, how much gouging has the NHL really done with this kind of stuff over the years? I mean, think about it. Like, do you understand the point of a blackout? The point of the blackout was back in the day, for instance, like, let's talk with the Eagles and their their legendary blackouts. When the Eagles sucked in the mid-90s, before Jeff Lurie came around, when Norman Bramie was running the team, a blackout would occur is if not enough tickets sold at the venue and they wouldn't even put it on tv locally you had to listen on the radio i remember those days that they weren't they didn't go away
1: for a while like no not specifically not like in the nfl as a whole like jacksonville had to deal with these issues for a long time before finally they were like this has got to be illegal yeah this is
0: dumb why are we doing this we're shooting ourselves in the foot for whatever reason now these old archaic things are the same in the past. Like, for instance, like, okay, you want to watch an out-of-market game. If someone buys Center Ice, you still can't watch the local game on that package, even if you're out of town. So, like, for instance, like, you know, years ago when I had Direct TV, I couldn't watch Flyers games locally because of I. you couldn't get Ken BC Sports. So I got, I got what's it called? I got NHL Center Ice, and I still couldn't watch the game. Okay, this is what I never understood about him. My eyeballs are trying to watch your product, and you're not oh, giving me an opportunity to do it. My point is this. Blackouts are dumb. Let people watch what they want to watch when they want to watch it because guess what? They're still going to see your stupid little digital ads on the board. You're going to see your stupid little digital ads on the netting behind the glass. You're going to see the stupid little ads on the jerseys. You're going to see the stupid little ads on the helmets. So guess what? I'm getting a full influx of your product because I'm trying to watch it, but you're not letting me. Is that smart business? No, because rights should be if this is that. You should only be—you should have to force <laughs> this person to watch this channel in this area. Well, you know what? You're dumb, and this is why Sinclair's in this position right now because they did the same damn thing. And good for them. I hope they go bankrupt. I hope people—it sucks that people are going to lose their jobs probably out of it. But I hope that company goes bankrupt as a whole as well because that's just stupid way of doing business. We're just regular guys seeing this. We're calling it out. What the hell are you doing? What do you do? Just let us watch the damn games, all right? If the NHL's got to pull back, make it package where I can do like, okay, you pay us $150 a year and you can watch every game and any market whenever you want. That's great. Guess what? You know what I'm doing? I'm pressing purchase on my Apple TV and I'm watching those damn games because guess what? At 10 o'clock on a Tuesday night when I want to watch the Battle of Alberta, I don't have to jump through frigging hoops to do it.
1: It's true. I'm curious. And to that point, like it's why the MLS paired with Apple TV. You can pay if you have an Apple TV subscription like I do. I think it's 70 bucks for the entire season. No blackouts, no restrictions. I can watch every single game. Now, I'm just a union fan. Like I like from the MLS perspective. So like 70 bucks to only watch the union. Kind of steep for me. Yeah, like I'm kind of be like, "Eh, right. First row sports might be where I'm going. Right. Uh, and streaming it illegally. But like,
0: <laughs> I don't know. Supposedly I, illegally. You know what I mean? Nobody nobody knows you're really doing that bill. Yeah.
1: I'm mean, going to have to edit that out. Um, yeah. So I'm curious how they'll handle this because you're right. Like I used to have center ice um, or at the time it was NHL.TV, I think, or something like that, like the digital one. And I, I watched the Flyers in Penn State because I was technically in a Pittsburgh network. So they allowed me. I was able to get it. But as soon as I got into the philadelphia region they said no why would you why would you want to watch it here and i'm like this is stupid so all right that's gonna do it episode 142 orange back check we have one special guest before we leave he hasn't been on the show in a while sawyer weinhardt
0: Sawyer wanted to come on today because he wanted to tell us his favorite team right now Sawyer, what's your, what's your favorite team right now
1: um, penguins penguins yeah, again
0: yeah yeah who's your second favorite team the Flyers. And who's your third favorite team? The Rangers. Yeah. So I, I, I am I am failing as a father here, people. Again, <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing here.
1: Now, uh, would you take him? Like, we need to direct him because the color scheme is pretty cool for the Kraken. Even though it's Dave Scott, I think we need to push him in the in the West. That's what we need to get him out there.
0: Do you like the Kraken? Yeah. Who's your favorite team out West? Who's your favorite team? The wh- What color are they? The gold? Gold what? I don't know. You don't know the the gold? They have the they have a V? Let me pull up their logo here for you. Hang on. Tell me tell me what this team is. Let's see. Um What 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 team is that? The Golden Knights. Good job. Yeah, that's right, right? Like the Hey four, go five. Hey, who's this one? Who's this one? The Avalanche. Who's this? Shark. Who's this? Coyote. No, that's the senators. Alright, close though. Who's this? The capital. Good job. See, so he's, along. he's coming. He's coming along. Dude, yeah, you know what? He's coming along. He knows a lot of his different teams because he likes to play hockey. Um, you know, on the Xbox by himself. But uh, yeah. So we we're, we're gonna wrap up the podcast. What do you want to do now? Play Ratchet and Clank. Okay. Yeah. So that's... he wants to he wants to go play Ratchet and Clank. Okay. So yeah, that's uh. That's, <laughs> now he's gonna dance in the background here. If I could show you, hey, come over here and do that. Check it out. And he's dancing in the background because he was gonna play Ratchet and Clank.
1: <laughs> That's awesome. That is awesome. Well, enjoy Ratchet and Clank, Sawyer. Thank you for listening. As always, you are listening to Orange of Backcheck Podcast, episode 142, brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook and Raycon Headphones, part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Make sure you are subscribed to us on all of our social media networks linked in the podcast description below. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all of that good stuff. Orange of Backcheck Podcast, at Backcheck on Twitter. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you next time.
0: Sinclair blows like a roadside hooker. I say that
1: loud.